From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What's up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, recruiting wrap with Michael Langston, the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week, and other news and notes around the Florida State football program as they prepare for Oklahoma and the Cheez-It Bowl. Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com. You know what time it is when we hang out on Mondays, y'all? It's Victory Burgers, usually. There's a victory somewhere in your life. Celebrate with a lunch special over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Hamburgers, build your own burger, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Only $8.99, and it does come with a side dish. What do you go with on your burger? I know you're not a potato guy, so you're not a French fry guy, Corey. So, like, like onion rings or tots? I know that's potato, obviously, but, like, are tots acceptable for you? No, of course not. Oh, but yeah, the tots sure. there are very good, I've been told. Um, I just go with the side salad, man. That's right. Okay. Their, si- their side salads are uh, really good. Mm. They're, they're substantial. They're loaded with stuff. A lot of cheese, which is what I want in my salad. Um, yeah, man, they, I, that's usually what I go with. It's whatever I get, my whether it's a burger, a chicken sandwich, maybe some wings. Uh, but my, sides, my, uh, my side item is always the salad. Side straight fries. Curly- a temple. It is. It is. When it, so are you what's what's the next part of this metamorphosis of yours? Are you just maintaining now or is like just maintaining. Okay. Just getting bigger and better looking okay. every every day. That's just what I'm doing, man. Side dishes include straight fries, curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, broccoli, side salad, tater tots, or freshly cooked potato chips. You can also get their signature toppings of either bacon, avocado, or a fried egg. Add it to your burger. They don't mess around at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Check them on out, cptallybar.com, or as always, pull out your phone, take that QR code to your camera, boom, takes you right to the website. Our website's warchant.com, only 10 American dollars, and you can get in a whole entire year of great access. You need it. The premium recruiting board where Michael Langson resides is percolating and popping off with news about transfers, high school recruits. We have 20 good minutes with Michael coming up towards the end of the program, so do stay buckled in for that one. Five-star rating and review, please, on Apple devices. Uh, maybe a thumbs up on the old YouTube. All right, Corey, we were able to watch three days of practice since we last hung out. Uh, you know, their, their faceless opponent era right now, I think they'll be taking about a week off here. And when they come back towards the end of next week, or the beginning of next week, rather. Uh, they'll focus more on Oklahoma, but they continue to be competitive. Uh, anything kind of standing out to you? Just Johnny Wilson continue to do Johnny Wilson things? Do you like what you're seeing from any of the defensive backs, or is it just basking in like, all right, man, this is what I cover now. There's only We're only going up from here. This is good. I'm happy. I'm basking. I'm doing a lot of basking, Aslan. You know that. Plus, these haven't been uh... – typical practices that you get during a game week because they're kind of just they're like many um spring practices or many preseason practices where they're you know they're working a lot on themselves but not overdoing it at least the portion that we see with the veterans but um 
Yeah, you know, look, I thought if we're going to get into the weeds of what I saw on Sunday in their last practice, I did think the uh, the passing game looked a lot better than it did uh, on Saturday. Um, just in general, I, all of them. I think I thought they made a lot of big plays. Johnny Wilson made some big plays. Um, you know, Deuce Span kind of seemed to be – he stood out to me a lot more than he has, let's say, the last two months um, here in the last two or three days. So that's good to see. Maybe he's taking a step up. And then um, somebody that I think you might want to know for the bowl, I'm not sure yet, is uh, Jarrell Powers, the uh, the freshman tight end. He seems to be more of part of, like, maybe even close to getting on the field. I mean, I guess they don't have to risk a red sh- burning a red shirt. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I wonder if he's a part of the game plan at all. But he made a spectacular catch. Um, I think it was an 11-on-11s, 11 like going up over a linebacker in the middle of the field. Yeah. That was a really nice play. Oh. So, uh you know, you know, I, I he's somebody that you hadn't even thought about because he's been on scout team for so long. But, uh, yeah, maybe he's somebody that will uh, make some plays against Oklahoma. Yeah, poor fella. He catches the ball, and he's immediately tackled to the ground because he's, you know, he's pretty much, like, blanketed. Uh, and then, like, Norvell's so excited, runs to him, and is, like, yells at him and implores him, like, to get up and keep running towards the end zone. And he does, and he, he gets, like, four strides towards the end zone, and then Norvell runs at him. He's like... Turn around, get the ball back to the line of scrimmage, and he turns right back around and just mm. runs a complete opposite way. They're they're constantly under stress out there. It's incredible, uh, but they're keeping their cool, and it is good to see a guy like him uh, kind of get some form. But yeah, Jarrell hasn't played in a game yet so far, so maybe the bowl uh, is opening for him. And if you're wondering about people out there that they can recruit a tight end, again, Michael Langston will talk about that uh, towards the end of the show a little bit. So do uh, stay with us throughout that one there. Um, but, yeah, you know, we're seeing these younger guys kind of emerging. It's cool to see a guy like Powers, a guy like Deuce Span. Um, three, two. Yeah, man, good to see these younger guys kind of emerging. Uh, but I don't know. I, I guess the story from the last few days where we didn't do a Friday pod and then, you know, we had our Christmas party Thursday, which we, we broke the news about Trey Benson. But it, it seems like, you know, there's these new guys that are emerging. But ultimately just there's so much – good feeling around this program right now and I guess at practice there's so much good energy because there are so many guys that are announcing that they're coming back and I think the cool thing is rather than seeing them maybe I don't know like using this these few lighter days of practice as a victory lap again we're seeing them buying into the messaging and and really kind of competing hard man despite the fact that these aren't the most grueling practices it just makes you feel a little bit more confident when you do hear guys like you know Micah Pittman talking about national title aspirations for next year so they're just you know we, we're enjoying this bowl sort of season but we're also thinking about the future because all these guys are locking in um are, are you finding yourself kind of thinking about 2023 already or you you focus on oklahoma living your life one quarter mile of a time Corey? well no i i am uh, i i'm as you know i'm i take it one game at a time and one season at a time i'm not looking ahead to 2023 when we're still in the middle of well not in the middle but at the tail end of 2022 that's actually a lie. I am looking ahead to 2023. I, I think, um, you know, with Benson coming back, um, Jordan Travis coming back, all the other guys. Hey, look, man, a lot of the guys that announced, obviously, you know, the, I guess the portal was an option, but the NFL really wasn't. But still, it's good to have that kind of momentum um, and, and have everybody on social media talking about how they're coming back and they want to run it back and all that. That's great. Um, but you look at what they do have coming back that we know of. And, you know, I'll rattle now it off it's a matter quick. of... I'll rattle, I'll rattle it, it off. Con- Trey, Trey Benson, Jordan Travis, Kalen Deloach, Tanen Bethune, Micah Pittman, Jarian Jones, Renardo Green, Robert Scott, Winston Wright. They all announced they're coming back. 
So when you look at this team and what it is uh, now and what you project it to be next year, it's going to be a very good offensive team and maybe a very good team overall. You start looking at holes, like just little holes. Like, man, it'd be nice to have a tight end, like a really good one, as Michael Langston will talk about. There were two on campus. Um, man, it'd be good to have a, maybe another defensive tackle or two, another linebacker, another safety. Like, it reminds me of like a good NFL team that feels like they're one or two pieces away. Like, they, they make a run in the playoffs. Maybe they make it to the first round. Maybe they win a game. And then they're like, man, we are just one or two pieces away from maybe competing for a for a Super Bowl. And I feel like that's kind of where Florida State is when you look at this program. Like, the way the portal is, the way the portal opens things up for everyone, yeah, don't you think Florida State? I mean, it's not. It's probably four or five pieces, but they're all gettable because it's the portal. It's yep. portal season. So that's what's in, that's what's so encouraging. You know you'll have a good offense. If you can get some holes to be, we assume there's going to be some holes to be filled on the defense. Nobody's really announced yet, but when they do, um, you know, you're just looking at, man, filling it out with a couple of pieces. Just a couple of pieces here and there, and you go into next season. Genuine contenders for at least an ACC championship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you're wondering who on defense is out there, you know, we can't give you a head count. We can't do roll call. But we do have practice video those first two periods. So you can pretty much see who's out there and who's not out there and uh, draw your own assumptions as you need to uh, from there as well. So, And don't forget uh, Daryl Jackson. I don't know if that's if that came across before we wrapped up for the week, but the uh, Quincy product from Miami defensive tackle. So you think about, you know, potentially – not potentially, but I mean, you're losing Robert Cooper. He's exhausted his eligibility, so he maybe kind of slots in there. Or if you know Fabian were to come back, those guys are playing uh, side to side. So, I mean, they're they're filling these quickly. And I guess some of the and for me, being a, a pretty impatient person, what I do like most about this portal season, uh, again, Michael Angel will talk about, it, is that it, these are going to we're going to find out answers really quickly on these guys that they yeah. need, like these holes. You know, they'll they'll emerge here in the next ten days, fourteen days. And then they'll probably quickly get you know snatched up and figure it all out. So that's it's uh, it's changing the entire calendar. It's almost uh, you gotta have to change away your uh, college football fan. You might have been tuning out right about now, but no, no, it's busy. It's the busy season. Well, and with proven commodities again, like we've talked about, not some four star from Daytona, but whoa, a kid that's played in a Power Five somewhere, hmm. a, so, uh, potentially, or a guy that's being recruited by everyone that can come in and you know can help immediately. Not man, I hope he I hope he grows and in two years he can he can play. But no, he'll be a starter next year. That's what you're looking at in these next two or three weeks, right? That's what that's how big this next two or three weeks is. And uh, yeah, it, even now you get impatient, even though knowing that most of these guys will probably commit before you know Christmas or at least before New Year. You're still impatient, like man, hurry up and make Florida State. We need to know who's going to be on the team next year. And so I, I just think that, yeah, the portal season has changed everything. But when you when you think about the guys they have coming back and the amount of experience and talent they have coming back on one side of the ball, the other side of the ball, look, Tatum Bethune coming back is a nice, that's a that's a really, it's comforting. That's a really good get. Yeah. Very comforting. So now you know you have your starting linebackers back. Amari's leaving, um, got it, but you have Deloach and Bethune coming back. That is a big deal. You have at least one of the safeties coming back, which again, where was Akeem Dent going to go? I get it. But it's just good. It's comforting to know that he is on board. He is in there. Um, so so with that in mind, you do need some pieces, though. You don't know about Jared Verse. You don't know about Fabian Lovett. The kid from Miami is a nice get. 
especially because Jarrett Jackson's already left. And like you said, Cooper's gone. So you don't you, you need another body there at least. Even if Fabian Lovett comes back, I think you need another defensive tackle. And I think you need a defensive end, even if Jared Verse stays. I just think you need another defensive end. And I think you need a you, you know, you need at least somebody in the secondary, probably a safety. And the, but there all there's a lot of possibilities out there because the portal is what, eleven hundred 1,100 kids are in there right now? 1,200? Just, F, just FBS kids. Just FBS. Yeah. And um, like 35 of them have committed. No. Or 40. So it is wide, wide open. So that, But that's cool, man. That's that's the neat thing about where where this program is, is you're not just – you're not going into the portal now. You're not dipping into the portal to try to get competitive. You're dipping in the portal now to perhaps make championship runs. Mm-hmm. That's how much it's changed in a year. So that's a cool place to be. Cool place to talk. Cool thing to talk about. Absolutely. Another thing to kind of keep in mind too is some players might try uh, to get another year of eligibility, but they they might not explicitly talk about it because I think there's there's guys that are being recruited at certain positions that they probably don't want to scare away. Now is that it's not not ethical, but like you know, it's it's part of this whole game here. So I mean, there's there's some guys that you might be thinking are gone, and they might be able to return if they can get this like a hardship. So. Uh, it's going to just kind of be incredible to see the, the roster and the management of this all kind of play out here over the next several weeks and maybe months when we're talking about uh, the NCAA having to do their part and maybe issuing some hardships. Uh, Corey, you know, Sunday practice, when we talked to Mike Norvell, I think the best exchange was between you and him. It's pretty much any time you and him exchange is the Absolutely, best Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, you, you asked him, I guess, I mean, what your question was what? the Is he getting different questions from recruits' families after he's yeah, but shown because don't yeah, the basically and I you know whether I, however I asked it, I was looking for a, a specific narrative to go down for him. It's like last year they're just selling a vision. They're selling what they they're selling a promise. Now they're selling proof. So I just wondered what the what the conversations were like. How much had they had changed from last year and the year before to this year, where there's actually proof. Like yeah. with whatever, would they have ten guys on campus, a mix of high school and portal kids yeah. uh, this past weekend, uh-huh. ten or eleven, I think. What what are those conversations like compared to what they were last year when there was so obviously so little proof, uh, at least scoreboard wise, what was in record wise, what what was changing? Now he's got proof, so I was just wondering what his thoughts were on that. Okay, all right, yeah. Yeah, it was a good answer. You know, it's Norvell speak, so he kind of ebbs and flows between what I want to, what I, what I, what I really want him to talk about, and kind of what he wants to talk about, like a politician. But he did say that yes, it's easier, um, you know, it's it's easier to 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 sell that the the product is this because the product is now this. You know, they want to keep getting better and everything, but he's not he's not having to sell a rebuild. I think was like the direct quote. Like, we're not in a rebuild anymore. We're not selling a rebuild because they've been, you know, they're not completely built, but, you know, they're up to 60 floors. By the way, I think we've talked about this before, but that picture, you remember when they're building the Empire State Building and those, whatever that, that that famous picture with those guys sitting on the scaffolding? Does that not make your heart drop when you see that picture of the guys eating lunch? The first time on that little beam? Yeah, now I look at it as art. But yeah, the first time I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's somehow emerged. And it back was apparently the... just a publicity. What? 
It was a publicity stunt. It wasn't real. They, those guys weren't really eating lunch up there. Oh. They just got them to pose for the picture and then go eat their lunch. Oh. I mean, who would eat a lunch like that? Are you kidding me? I don't know. I thought they were I can't believe they got man. those guys to do it. Incredible. No. If you, if you don't know what we're talking about, I don't even know how to Google it. Just say skyscraper builders lunch and you'll see it. It's a black and white photo high above New York City, probably in the 50s. All these guys wearing hard hats as if they've just taken a, a, a quick minute from building this building to eat a lunch. And it is it makes me want to throw up every time I see it. But anyway, Florida State's in that part. Right. OK, so it's Empire State City. Building. No, yeah. no, it's it wasn't the Empire. It's just their uh, it was a stunt by the Rockefeller Center to advertise their new RCA building. Oh, OK. What even the Empire State Building? I've been living a lie this whole time. But uh, anyway, so that's that's where Florida State kind of is like they haven't built it. It's the, the RCA building isn't up and running in a hundred percent usable right now. You could also say it's like Nakatomi if you want to get a little a little later, a little diehard. Because remember, John McClain's hanging out on like floor thirty and thirty one. Right. The Christmas party's on like floor twenty eight. Well, thirty and thirty one are still under renovation. It's still not completely built. So that's where Florida State is right now. But the guts are good, man. The foundation is there. They built up some stories. It's incredible. Oh, no, we, we got there and we got a, away from it and we came back. That's in, We did it. Just, it. We did do it. We did do it. Uh, award season also happened this past weekend, Corey. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out Dylan Gibbons, Werfel Trophy winner. Yeah. For just basically being an awesome human being. So add that to our uh, illustrious trophy case alongside Lombardi winners, Thorpe winners, Heisman winners, Maxwell Award winners. Remington. Got a Remington in there. Yeah, that's right. Shout Some out. Some Roses. Yeah, no Mackie though, right? I think Nicolaire just made the list, but I don't think he actually won the oh, Mackie. Did he win the Mackie? I don't think Mackie. he did. Yeah, no, no, so no. that's the only one. That's probably the only one, the only big one they're missing, right? Looking at you, I Biscuit. Don't... Looking at you, Biscuit. I also don't think they've won a Bolitnikov. Yeah, correct. Oh. Ironically, who's who? Can can Johnny win it next year? He'll be on the list. So that's what you got to start on the list. So I don't think any. I don't think offensive skill players are going to win a lot of. Other than Jordan, oh, are going right. to win a lot of awards for Mike Norvell because it's spread out so much. And we run the ball. And we run the ball. And then we run the ball. The clutch shot. The biggest hit. It's time for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. You heard the man. It's time for the Zaxby's Indescribably Good Player of the Week. We both have picks. We'll start off with Corey Clark. Corey, who's your Zaxby's Indescribably Good Player of the Week? I can't remember if I've done her two times or three times. It's certainly not going to be the last time, but I got to go with her again. Tania Latson, um, freshman sensation, uh, the best player to ever play, the most talented player. Quickly, just I'm going to stop couching it, just saying the best player ever to play at Florida State. Uh, had 34 points. Uh, on Sunday in a 108 to 51 win over Texas Southern, so she came close, like not not all that close, but I feel like Tania Latson and two of her teammates playing three on five would have had a real chance against Texas Southern. That's how good she is. But 34 points on 12 and 19 from the floor, so she didn't shoot 40 times. She also was nine of 10 from the free throw line, um, and was second on the team in rebounds, second on the team in assists. It's just it's what she does. 34 points in 26 minutes. She has a real chance to win ACC Player of the Year, not just ACC Freshman of the Year. And she should make a whole bunch of All-American teams. She's awesome. This team is 10-1. and one. They play UConn here coming up, which will be a great test. But, uh, yeah, Brooke, great job so far and a really good job recruiting and uh, landing and keeping Tania Latson because she is awesome. 
I'll go the football player. No games, but lots of notoriety, lots of exposure for the program, and really good stuff uh, with Dylan Gibbons winning the Werfel Trophy. The Werfel Trophy uh, given to the player who best exemplifies community service with leadership achievement on and off the field. That is according to the official uh, pamphlet, if you will. Man, Gibbons has been captain of the All-State Good Works team. Uh, he is the ja Jim Tatum Award winner, senior football scholarship athlete in the conference. Man, he has raised over $500,000 uh, to help out with whether it was the hurricane damage this past year uh, through numerous charitable causes. And his impact in that locker room cannot probably be overstated. It's, it's indescribably good what he's done on the field for this program and off the field for, uh, you know, giving some good PR. That's always a good thing as well. Too, Amen. So, Amen, uh, brother. Amen. Sh shout out to the Bearded Wonder, the Marauder from Clearwater, Dylan Gibbons, and Tania Latson, our Zaxby's Indescribably Good Players of the Week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As advertised, everybody, we got Michael Langston, recruiting analyst for WarChant.com, the ultimate semblance sports horse, joining us here on Wake Up WarChant. Busy weekend for Michael, so he's got lots to share. We won't uh, beat around the bush too much. But first, Michael, uh, how how's the portal season treating you, big dog? <laughs> it's going all right. It's going all right. Uh, no big, no 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 biggies, no problem for me. So, you know, it's been. Uh, I'll be on it active again. Uh, you know, now that I'm through this visit weekend, but uh, I think it's been pretty good so far with FSU just getting the guys. You know that they're they're targeting to get him on campus, and I think you're going to see more of that. You know, next weekend when they host, like it's going to be over 15 official visitors. So, oh boy, I think a lot of them are going to be commits, but there'll be some mixed in, and I think even more you might see some with some transfer portal guys. So I think it's going pretty well as far as FSU targeting and getting the kids that they're targeting on campus right on yeah florida State, they're going to be off from the uh the 12th through the 18th i think or the 12th through the 17th rather so another weekend next weekend sounds like michael but let's get to what happened this past weekend let's start i guess at the tight end position two guys that are kind of in the mix right now kyle morlock uh, jaheem bell from south carolina would you take away from both their visits yeah the thing i've got with with kyle i think uh I think things look good. I, I even dropped a nugget on, on people uh, right after the visit, after we had already done a story on them. You know, Kyle mentioned like, hey, I'm going to visit Illinois, Auburn, and Tennessee. I think it's just going to be Tennessee from what I've hearing from my, my sources around that uh, he just wants something to compare FSU to. Uh, we'll see if, you know, if that visit gets scheduled, but that's kind of what I hear the plan is. And I, I think FSU sits in, in, in a solid spot there. I think uh, everything they did this weekend from – the way they connected with him to just uh, the way they envisioned him in this offense. It was just the way I, I think the, I think the another big thing is just having Jordan Travis returning. I think when you have a tight end that's coming in, he wants to be with somebody that's experienced and explosive and certainly can make plays and the guy you can count on. And I think, Certainly FSU having him is an advantage. So I think FSU sits in a good spot there. And then with Jaheim Bell, he was kind of more business-like where he didn't he want to take – I think I had FSU uh, you know, rep bring up to me that yeah, he didn't want a lot of pictures. So I think he was just all focused on the business of what was 
the trip and I've heard it was really good. And I think I talked to several FSU sources after it was over. They know that there's going to be other teams pursuing because he's a dynamic weapon. And, you know, he's at South Carolina. He's certainly is a dynamic weapon, but I think they feel pretty good uh, about where, where they said, uh, you know, after this visit, um, I think FSU, I think their feeling is uh, that they, they hold, they hold a lead and they like where they sit, but they also know the competitions there. I'm sure FSU's got some, uh, they're going to do definitely an in-home with him again. I'm, I'm assuming uh, probably uh, next week sometime. I think Norville's already used his, but I think uh, certainly you'll see Chris Thompson and maybe, you know, a few of the other offensive staff over there to see him. But right now I think uh, they feel, feel good about where, where they're at. Do they want, are, are they both takes or do you think yeah. whichever one pulls the trigger first is who they'll end up rolling with? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that situation. I think it's going to be, they're both takes. Oh, okay. uh, I think they, they both offer a different uh, explosive skill set. You know, Kyle Moore likes more six, seven, you know, a lot of high catch radius uh, room as far as what you can do with him in the red zone and just throughout the field. Very quick and uh, good speed for a tight end, so he's going to get you separation. And Jaheim Bell's kind of falls in the category of I don't even list him really as a tight end. He's more of a you know wide receiver slash H back slash tight end kind of Debo Samuel's like uh, stuff he does. Uh, they like to run him. They like to you know just get his hands on the ball. So he's a little bit of a different kind of weapon. Uh, so I think FSU wants to kind of change their, their tight end room to make it more dynamic. And, uh, you know, so this certainly helps that you already have Marquise and Douglas, who I think started to come out uh, and make some plays for FSU. And obviously cams leaving, he'll be graduated, but so you need some playmakers. And I think that's kind of the reason why I think both of these guys are takes. Uh, Jaheim Bell's caught 56 passes in his three year career at South Carolina, seven scores. He's, had 73 carries this past season for 261 and three scores, as Michael was talking about his sort of yeah. uh, multifaceted ability. Kyle Morlock, meanwhile, uh, he has caught 57 balls in 24 games played in total, 890 yards and 11 scores in his career at Shorter uh, University. That's in the Gulf South Division II. Let's move the trenches now, Michael. Uh, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, one transfer, one from high school. Uh, Jeremiah Byers hotly contested it sounds like prospect most yeah. likely here out of the portal from utep uh, did arrive on campus what were some of the things that you think he wanted to see and do you think he ultimately walked away from what he wanted to see when he was on campus yeah i think uh obviously they went to see him in home they did an in home with uh you know Bauer, uh, buyers uh earlier mm. uh, last week before he came in this weekend they wanted to bring him in for a visit i think the profile lists him at six six he's not six six he's probably like six three um okay. so not a big deal because he's 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 an interior guy so you know you know height is not as big a deal um certainly looks the part very very uh you know certainly well put together guy and Certainly a guy that I think he wanted to see kind of what the practices looked like, kind of way they, the organization of how they do it, and just just the cohesiveness of the offensive line. And I think FSU checked every box with all that stuff, and certainly was really surprised and and excited when Norville came to greet him in the um, certainly in the parking lot for people that aren't aware of how Norvell does stuff as far as when recruits arrive there. So I think he was very impressed the fact that. You know, he felt like a priority from the start before, right when he arrived. And 
I think I think they checked everything that they were looking for. As, or you know, I think every FSU did everything they were. He was wanting to see you know just uh, what the culture was like, what the players were like, and just uh, how the player coach reaction was. I think that was one of my big things that I I thought FSU needed to do, and I think um, they certainly uh, accomplished all those things. Now he did pick up Penn State offer, Ohio, uh, Oklahoma offer, and an Oregon offer. Why he was visiting FSU wow. so we don't know how many more visits there'll be I was told it's he likely wants to get the process over um more uh sooner than later okay so uh certainly that bodes well you know for FSU if that's still you know the plan we'll see if he takes any other visits but everything I've got you know pointed to whether it's intel or or just stuff in general that you know everything seemed to go uh pretty uh positively for FSU as far as buyers goes and just kind of where, you know, where they sit, I would say they're, they're the team to watch right now in that recruitment, just because of the fact that he jumped right in and, and took a visit to FSU immediately. That tells you kind of, there was something about FSU that intrigued him and he liked and connected with him. And I think um, on this visit, I think FSU kind of showed him all those things. I think he was intrigued by. So uh, certainly I think a good week for uh, buyers. It's key, though, obviously, for them to get him on campus first. Hopefully that kind of uh, right. helps expedite his process. Uh, he's had nearly 2,000 snaps at the college level at UTEP. He's graded out at 81.2 this past season, 84.4 as a pass blocker, 81.3 as a run blocker. So buyers definitely bring some uh, day one kind of cachet. Let's check down really quick to the high school level. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael, Ruben Bain out of Miami, Miami Central. Hometown team obviously putting a heavy push for him. Yeah. Is, is it a two-team race? Do you think too big of a gap for Florida State to overcome, or do you think anything kind of changed in your mind of how Ruben Bain feels about these two schools at the top of his list? I definitely think it's a two-team race with FSU and Miami, and, and there, there there are people around his family that I you know, hear prefer actually FSU, which is not surprising when you look at what the season and what FSU did and just the way Norvo is and the way they're – their whole locker room is built within the buy-in, the the culture, the way the players are, and and I think he took notice, like all the guys that are coming back. I think he saw that. It's like you know what that tells you how what's going on within the program that these guys want to play with him. They they love what they're doing. They're having fun. Uh, a lot of the recruits mentioned that too. There's a lot. Of, obviously, he's got great connections with Odell. There's there's a good. Uh, certainly a bond there. And then JP, I think he likes him a lot. Interesting enough, like. I'll cover two things. First of all, it's like, yeah, it's going to be tough because it's Miami. It's a hometown team. And that's the team that's been, you know, everyone's circled. Um, uh, and so when I'm thinking that, I'm like, okay, he's probably going to Miami. And then at the end of the interview, um, you know, Ruben Bain uh, I mentioned, I was like, what's the biggest factor? And he said development. And so uh, mm-hmm. there's, I don't, I think there's really much comparison when you talk about FSU developing defensive ends compared to, what we've seen from Miami. So that was an interesting quote uh, near the end of the visit. My thing is like, man, I'm going to have to believe it to see it because uh, I, I was, <laughs> got burned last year with Wesley Vasante. We saw that and everyone got excited and it's like, oh yeah, we could do it. And it's just like, you're just going to have to show me, man, uh, for FSU to get a kid like that. I still, I'd still say Miami and that's not based on like, oh, this intel I'm hearing for FSU. I don't think they know for sure. They definitely think they're a major player. I mean, they're definitely, it's not some situation where FSU's trying to make up this massive amount of ground. I mean, I think they're right there. 
it's just like, will it be enough? Uh, there's so many ties, you know, with, with Bain in Miami that you – and there are ties with FSU too. I mean, several of his teammates are at FSU, certainly Randy Shannon, certainly guys that are on the you know support staff or just people he knows around FSU. And he's been here four times. So there's certainly – he, he loves what they're doing during the season. FSU certainly a much more proven product than, than what Miami is. So you're going a lot on faith if you if he does end up at Miami. So I think there's positives for FSU certainly, but I just can't get over. I mean, I've, I've just been burned so many times with these South Florida kids that you're know, from the depths of inside Miami that you have to believe it to see it. So, But I do think they're right there. I just I would still side with Miami. All right, and then there's so much over the premium recruiting board, everybody. you got to check it out. Uh, updates on Cam Robinson, Conrad Hussey, Devontae Brown, Damari Brown. I'll let you pick one or two of those guys to touch upon, Michael. Everybody else can, you know, be a subscriber to Warchant.com and get all of it. Did uh, anybody kind of really stand out to you in terms of maybe what they walked away from and, and their recruitment in terms of maybe Florida State trending a little bit stronger after Sunday? Yeah, I'll cover some of the, the main ones. I mean, first I'll start with Conrad Hussey. That was the safety out of St. Thomas Aquinas. He was the last minute uh, add to the visit list. He was certainly a guy that they've been targeting. I, I swear I mentioned him on the recruiting channel almost every week. It seems like it's like, is he going to visit? Is he going to officially visit FSU? Well, he did. He finally got there and they got it done. And we know safety is a premier uh, position for FSU to, they really need some safeties with, whether it be portal or high school. So, uh, and this kid that grew up an FSU fan, he's committed to Penn State, but grew up an FSU fan. And I think I there was some takeaways that I got was, you know, just, um, you know, obviously both teams are pretty good on the field. We've seen that with Penn State and FSU and certainly Noel's doing that. But he compared a lot to, it's like, hey, that was similar what Penn State is and what FSU is about how, they always check on you. It's it's more than just football. It's a lot more outside of just the football range. And he said a lot of their discussions were mostly just not even about football. So I think that made him settle in really comfortably. But um, he did not hide the fact that he, he loves FSU and he loved uh, growing up them. And he said the visit really matched, maybe even overmatched, what he was looking for on this visit. So I think there's a real chance uh, with FSU there. I asked him about decisions. Are there going to be another decision? He said, we'll see. Okay. Uh, so okay. uh, so there is certainly, you know, he's, they certainly did a really good job of selling him on what they're going to do. Obviously, I'm sure. From what I hear, they highlighted certainly Jamie Robinson, and why wouldn't you? The guy's been phenomenal for FSU, and certainly they feel like Conrad can do those same things as what Jamie did. So I think that was kind of their main pitch of if if they did talk about football, it was kind of like, hey, these are the things that you could do for us. And, and certainly it can't be ignored. I mean, people are like, oh, team players grow up fans. Yeah, but it's a big deal when – when you start matching up one or two teams against each other and then you start talking about, you know, being a fan of that team and that team offers everything the other team you're committed to, you know, it's something that you're seriously going to consider. So I think certainly FSU is going to do another in home with him. I expect next week. So that's a guy to watch. Now, as far as the Brown brothers, uh, Devonte Brown, UCF, uh, defensive back, he's in the portal. It's another portal kid. I talked about that they coveted and they got on campus and uh, uh, certainly I felt the the feeling I got was what he jumped out to him was another guy that said like, hey, I'm really impressed with the fact that all these players are coming back. That makes you know that, hey, they're going the right direction. Mm -hmm. They're winning on the field. But these guys that could go pro, they're, some of them are coming back. Now, eventually somebody's going to go pro. 
you know, and, and uh, you know, from there's still some names left that that likely could go pro. But I think that jumped out to him. It was really impressive. And then two, watching the FSU practice and seeing the way the organization of what they'll do and how, what they do with their defensive backs. I think that really jumped out to Devonte. I think he's really, really excited and intrigued and, and uh, about FSU. And I feel like it just feels like FSU's the team that's recruiting him the hardest. I'm sure there's other teams. I think Miami was a team mentioned. He said he might visit there, but it wasn't like uh, anything set in stone. It wasn't like, Hey, I'm definitely going there. He's definitely going to go watch his brother, Damari play for a state title. I think next weekend, so uh, I, I really just get the fin, FS, uh, feeling FSU's made him a priority, and it just clicks with everything. And I think another big factor for him is I think he wants to join a team that is productive, you know, a team that is you know, on the rise. I think that's that's an important factor with him. And a lot of that, a lot of those things I just mentioned scream FSU when you think about it. Um, now, Damari Brown, Alabama, Florida State, Miami, he was there. It was more about his brother, but it was also time where Damari could be around Coach Woodson, Coach Norvell. He certainly loves those guys, and he's another guy that I think's been impacted by FSU's season. I and I said I said this before: if FSU didn't have that season, I don't think these two guys are, are guys that you could potentially pull. But I think because of that season, you know, they're real options. Now I'd lean more towards Devonte being here than Damari, just because there's so many. There's also a lot of ties with Damari. To Miami, we know Miami wants uh, Damari, but I'm not so sure about you know Devonte. But I still think Damari recruitment is still very close, and I would not count out Alabama there. He took a took a visit there to Alabama. We know what Alabama does with defensive backs, so could be a situation that if somehow Damari goes to Alabama, that you see Devonte uh, pick FSU. But I just I really get the sense that there's a lot of positive vibe of of Devonte Brown. You know, when just after this official visit. And then the last guy I'm going to cover is Edwin Joseph. He's a four-star from uh, Chaminade High School. Played for a state title here in Tally a few nights ago on Thursday. They won in case people cared. <laughs> but uh, he's a guy that I put an RPM pick out for for FSU after today's visit. Everything just, uh, Aslan, everything just really feels like, hey, this is training towards FSU. Right after the visit, he said, I'm not taking any more visits. I'm probably going to take a week decide figure it out and then in the make a decision after talking to my parents his parents were also on the visit with him so i i it you can just read body language there's certain guys that give body language and i think with edwin joseph they, it gave off the body language that i'm not saying he told the staff but i i think there was an indication like hey this this is probably the place um so so that's kind of the main guys there's a few more uh you know linebacker cam robinson but you you can go on uh, PRB. You can read all about that. But those are some of the main guys. Right on. Edwin Joseph, a four-star uh, defensive back in corner on three. Uh, out of Chaminade, as uh, Michael said, six foot 182. Devontae Brown was a three-star coming out of high school. But after that career he's had at UCF where he's played nearly 1,900 snaps, he's been reclassified <laughs> in the transfer portal as a four-star defensive back, according to on three. So Florida State in the mix for a lot of higher-tier talent. Last thing as we go out here, Michael, I guess kind of a two-part thing. How much do you expect, like, a flurry of activity here this next week? I know they're not practicing, but Mike Norvell said he's going to be on a plane and he's got a lot of things and a lot of places to go to. <laughs> I don't want you to say, like, I, we don't need to have anybody on commit watch, but could you see maybe one or two guys popping and ultimately 
just how much good sort of will is out there right now because Florida State did have such a good season and they can kind of turn and show that to these recruits and their families. Yeah, I think I think a few of those I could see that visited this weekend. I think you could see some decisions next week. Um, I think people can kind of decipher which ones there are uh, based on the intel we've just shared. But I think a few of those could be. I think they're certainly going to target some guys that you know that didn't visit this weekend. That you know I think that's probably going to be in the you know Mike Norvell's plans. Um, I think um, there's there's going to be certainly guys they want to get on campus that are transfer guys that I think that's why I think that the list is going to expand. But, you know, last week alone, I mean, I think uh, Mike Norwell went to the Atlantic ocean, the Pacific ocean. I mean, he was all over the country, whether it's seeing high school kids or, or portal kids. And so I, I think that's going to be a, a more consistent theme this week. You're going to see him see a lot of people, you know, even juniors, maybe check in to see some juniors, but I think there's going to be several in-home visits, so I think uh, I think this weekend's more about the rest of the portal guys and getting them locked in for a visit, and it, um, and just and see what they can do and see if they can finish off this class since December 21st is the the early signing day, uh, 21st through the 23rd. So I think FSU certainly wants to knock it out with a bang. Um, so certainly, uh, I think this week's going to be a lot focused on you know some transfer portal guys. Maybe uh, I get I get the feeling a uh, uh, little birdie in my ear that there's going to be some new guys that I haven't mentioned before that they're likely going to go see uh, from the portal. And right. certainly, I think they plan this uh, just uh, certainly the way it is uh, with FSU having you know bowl prep and all these guys having tied off. Now they can just focus strictly on the road. So I think uh, certainly this wasn't by accident that they wanted to make sure they had this time so they could, if there was a portal kid or if there was a new high school or Juco kid, they could go look at, uh, they want to have this week to do that. So I think the uh, staff's going to be really busy on the road. Busy times in the kingdom. Stay connected to warchant.com and the premium recruiting board. Michael's got everything updated by the minute, pretty much every single hour. So <laughs> you can't miss out. Subscribe to warchant.com. Get all of Michael's great insight. Michael, we appreciate it, man. You got it, man. Uh, and just for people, I mean, um, I just put up a recruiting wrap. I just put that up right before I came on with Aslan. So that's up from just kind of stuff I'm hearing. And then uh, certainly, as, as Aslan just pointed out, several articles up on uh, Conrad Hussey, uh, Ruben Bain, the Damari, bro- uh, Damari and <laughs> Devontae Brown, uh, Kyle Morlock. So got a lot more coming up. I'm going to work on some transfer stuff tonight. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Not guaranteed, but I'm hopeful that I will have a transfer portal update tonight. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But like I said, this it's only going to get crazier. So I appreciate everyone. I appreciate the time. Tis the season, everybody. We're talking bowl season, and there's no better way to spend it than over at MyBookie. MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code WARCHANT on your first deposit. You'll receive a percentage match directly into your betting account over at MyBookie. You can use it to make any kind of parlay, straight-up bets, go into the casino online, anything you want over at MyBookie.ag when you use the promo code WARCHANT. And check it out. The lines are finally out on bowl season. Can you dig it? Knowles, 7.5-point favorite. 7.5. Disrespectful. Point total, 65. 65. Knowles going to get 45. Knowles are going to score 45, 42-ish. Oklahoma, can they get three touchdowns on this defense? Uh, I don't know, though. Who wants to root for the under? I don't know. Maybe you do. 
over under 65 on the Oklahoma-Florida State game. In terms of the playoff, Georgia, six-and-a-half-point favorite. That's it? That's all? I'll hammer that one. Michigan, seven-and-a-half-point favorite on TCU. I think the Horned Frogs might keep it close. We'll see what Corey thinks later on next week when we get back down to brass tacks when we both do this promo. But in the meantime, you go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code WARCHANT, enjoy your deposit bonus. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere over at mybookie.ag. You know, Corey, you should have corrected me. It is Victory Monday, kind mm. of. Uh, you know, Leonard Hamilton and the Knowles, fresh, somewhat fresh yeah. off of a win. Saturday against Louisville, they go to 1-1 one and one in conference play. 2-9? Uh, and nine? Overall, yeah. Okay, okay. You were there. Uh, you took mm-hmm. it all in. Uh, anything to build off of? Or do we just take it, as, obviously, as out outgunning a, a very poor Louisville team and just that's kind of what it is? I think you're being kind by saying a very poor Louisville team. I, I legitimately think it's the worst ACC team I've ever seen. Okay. It's one of the, I don't know, man, 10 or 12 worst teams I've ever seen in that building, period. Like, Florida State didn't even play that well. I didn't think. And Florida State isn't very good, clearly. They were 1-9 going into that game, and they won by 22 points, and it was never competitive in the second half. And Louisville actually shot the ball from three well. So I don't know what happened. I can explain what's happened to Florida State. You know, you think about three years ago, Aslan, with that game, Florida State and Louisville, two top 10 teams. I think it was a Monday night, but it was an incredible atmosphere. And Trent Forrest dunk, Patrick Williams dunk. Unbelievable. And then here we are three years later. The two teams are combined going into the game 1-17. And, and now they're 2-18. and 18, But the two are both Florida State because Louisville is awful. As far as Florida State goes, I did like their – I mean, I did think they, you know, they played defense well-ish. They seemed to play well. They seemed to play hard. Um, Corhan, the, the freshman, Cameron Corhan, had a nice game. Certainly had a nice stretch there. Um, hit a three, made his free throws, had a, had a dunk, had a follow bucket. It's hard to really put a lot of stock into it, though. And it's weird because it's Louisville. It's Louisville. They've won national championships, folks. They've been to Final Fours, lots of them. But it's it's almost like beating Texas Southern in women's basketball. It's like it doesn't – it's hard to even gauge what it means because they are so bad. Uh, but still, a win's a win. You need wins. You need a lot of them. And, uh, you know, Florida State you, – you, you, I know they lost Cam Fletcher in the middle here, but – Losing by, I don't know, what is it, eight or nine to Purdue, being, I think, Ten. either up or down by two at halftime, but in that game. Yeah. Then in the game in the final minute at number three, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And then your next game after that, you win by 22. It's like, okay, maybe some things are starting to get figured out a little bit, but or maybe it's just Louisville. We don't know because losing Cam Fletcher, their best rebounder, best athlete, that's not going to, that, that loss was not felt at all on Saturday. It'll be felt moving forward, but Bob Miller will be coming back. Here in four or five games, so that's good. I get not coming back. He hasn't played yet. He'll be coming in four and five games. Uh, but you know, I just think the 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 season is still very very much a disappointment and and gross to watch because of the injuries and the suspension and everything else. But it was cool for a Saturday for Leonard to be a good mood for the you know, hundreds of you guys that were in attendance to be in a good mood and get to cheer for this basketball program. Because I was thinking about this, Aslan. I don't want them to be a punchline because they got us through some dark days with this football program. You know, Trent Forrest is out there dunking on fools right after you had to fire your uh, Willie Taggart after another bad year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they got got us, you got to go cover the lead eight. 
Sweet 16s. Like, I don't, I don't want to really use them as a punchline because now that football is good, and we know what people care about the most, and it is clearly football. We get it. But still, that basketball team got us through some hard times. So I just hope they can somehow find some, a way to win some games here uh, when they're not playing Louisville. Next up for the Knowles, USC Upstate, Tuesday night, 8.30. Drink your DeLuna, kids. Uh, SC Upstate, they're 5-4 and four on the season, so maybe some, okay. some hopes there right. for a win. Yeah. Uh, then after that, they've got St. John's on Saturday. Yeah. The Johnnies with Mike Anderson, formerly of uh, Missouri and Arkansas, they're 10-1 on the year. That's, okay, that's all right. Neutral court, though, down there in Sunrise where yeah. the Panthers play, the Orange Bowl Classic. So those are the next two games for the Knowles. We'll see if they can maybe string something together here, get some momentum built uh, before they go into a little bit of a holiday break. Uh, we will do shows not the rest of the week, not every day, but as needed. Mm. Um, maybe I'll figure out some sort of topics that we can do to fill a show. We'll do a Renegade Express in there as well, too, to – to help pass the time, you know, give the people what they want, Corey. You know, there's they're still working. You know, yeah. shoot, we should still work too, I guess, right? Well, and I feel like there's going to be some, uh, you know, portal news, some coming back news. There, there's going to be some stuff to talk about here in the next couple of weeks. Even though we should say Florida State has a, basically the entire week off of practice. Yes, like they're not practicing again. I think he said until Sunday. So there's not going to be a lot from practice to talk about, but there's to be some other off the field stuff that we definitely will be able to talk about. Hey, next time we get together, Corey, we'll uh, we'll do we'll do offense assistant coaches Christmas wish list. What mm. each of them is going to okay. wish for this Christmas? Okay, That'll fill great. some time. That'll fill some time. Okay, it will. It will. That's that sounds great. Okay, cool. He's Corey, and uh, for Michael Langston as well. We thank you all for listening to Wake Up War Chant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Stay connected to WarChant.com. Thumbs up, five star rating and review. Jeff Cameron Show, one to three o'clock coming up, ninety three three FM and Warchant TV.